Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, cycling, line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. Buckman has another. Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Episode 9 of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, almost the official podcast of Jamie Thomas, which would be very <laughs> selfish of me. Oh <laughs> Mitch has gone for two weeks, Jamie. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> nice. We are not in Tyler's uh, hotel room in New York this time around. We're back in the Jets TV office. Uh, a successful week, to say the least. For the most part, for the Winnipeg Jets, they're getting healthier. These are just some of the topics we're going to go over today in this episode. Mitchell Clinton, Tyler Esquivel, alongside myself, Jamie Thomas, which this podcast is not about. It is about the <laughs> Winnipeg Jets. Um, the Jets lose Friday to the St. Louis Blues, one nothing. The world comes crashing in, according to the world uh, in this city. But then the Jets respond quickly on Sunday with a 7-1 win. Mitch, what is it about this hockey team? Following a loss, like a shutout loss like that, they come back and the floodgates open. I think it's just how the the team's made up, especially over the last couple of seasons. It's it's just kind of been like you know if if they suffer any sort of loss or adversity, they always come back with a, with a real strong effort. And even the game against St. Louis, I mean, there were definitely some some opportunities. Patrick Laine hits a post. Mark Shifley from the slot on the power play uh, gets an opportunity as well. And Dmitry Kulikov hit a post in the third period. I mean, we could uh, we could go on. There was a number of, uh, of grade-A chances that just didn't find the back of the net. Um, oddly enough, Jake Allen, the next game that he's in yeah. in Vancouver, it doesn't go so well for him. Uh, but that's just kind of how this, this team's been made up. They don't carry losses uh, too, too long. They kind of, as the end of the night comes, they, they get rid of it. They handle the next day at practice, and then they, they come out. And Connor Hellbuck was, was real strong in the first Ten minutes or so of the uh, of the first period against the Philadelphia Flyers, and that proved to be huge because then the offense kind of found their legs, and away they go. Before you know it, it's seven one. I know you're shocked to hear Mitchell Clinton's voice because he was off for so long. I'm glad you're alive. We were <laughs> saying we we're, we're, we're worried about you and your carcass. That was brought up a couple <laughs> times on the podcast uh, when we had taped the previous one. But uh, Tyler, on the note of Connor Hellebuck. We kind of saw something happen on that road trip in the New York area, especially in the Rangers game. Made a big save in the third period, and Paul Maurice touched on it, and then two stops in the shootout. You're always looking for something where a, a guy's season turns, and I know it's only three games now, but it has to look good in, in the eyes of many where Connor Hellebuck is heading right now, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, when anytime in, in an NHL uh, hockey game, if you can only allow one goal three straight times, I think you're trending in the right direction. I believe it's, what, a 9 6 7 8 percentage over his last three games. Uh, you know, and and the, and the funny thing is, is on you know before the game on Sunday, you're going. He's let in two goals, and in the last two games, and our record's one and one. So that just kind of goes to show the the level of competition that there is in the NHL. But um, obviously, with Connor Hellebuck, I think um, you have to be happy with where he's uh, trending right now. Obviously, three goals in his last or allowed in his last three games. So I think the the Jets are pleased to see that and happy to. Uh, Hope to see that he returns to form, sort of. Not that he wasn't, but, you know, back to where we saw him last year at that elite level. I think we were spoiled, and Jets fans, and the organization, because of how well Connor Hellbuck started last year. So you, yeah. he signs a new contract. Do you think that, like anybody else and any young player, Mitch, where that was weighing on him, it, uh, in some ways, to try and do more and to push the issue to, to get where he was last year? It could have been. I mean, he mentioned it after the Flyers game, just the fact that, he you, sometimes you hear a forward or a defenseman talking about gripping their stick too tight. He kind of said he was doing that at the start of the year. 
uh, maybe trying to do too much in the crease and trying to make a lot happen when really, I mean, his playing style, as he's always said, is big and boring. And Mm -hmm. he's kind of said he's got back to that the last few games. And it's, I mean, it really shows, obviously. You kind of see the the rebound controls there. Um, He's not overplaying the puck or, or anything like that. He's not overplaying angles. He's just reading the play, letting the game come to him. And he compliments the guys in front of him for making it pretty easy for him to read the play. But even even with that, the, he made a number of grade A saves in that first period against the Flyers that just show his, number one, his athletic ability, and two, his his willingness to battle to keep that puck out. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about the, the power play that the Flyers had and the, the three consecutive saves that he made just makes one save at one side of the crease and he gets to the other side before they can they can tuck it in on that side it just kind of shows the the battle level that he's got as well i love how palmer said i think he felt there was like could have been five goals in that one yeah. power play yeah. talking to how or speaking to how well connor hellebuck played in the first period while the jets got their legs underneath them the flyers had played the, the day before in buffalo so you you know when you, you run into a team that had to play the day before the night before however you want to put it you know they're going to come at you early in the first because they're going to run out of gas eventually in, in, in later in the hockey game. So uh, Connor Hellebuck, a key to that. Um, another part of Connor Hellebuck's success is the Jets are starting to get healthier on the blue line. Um, you know, Morrissey comes back, Bufflin, Kulikov. Um, so I think we should take this moment to kind of give credit to the players that stepped in as the Jets do uh, get better. But what about Cameron Schilling, Sammy Niku, and, and Nelson Noje, uh, Tyler? Yeah, you look at Cameron Schilling's a guy that, you know, is a... Is a a veteran hockey player. He's sort of played at the AHL level for the most part in his career. But he came in, and he's a, he's a smart guy. He knows what to do out there, and he didn't really make many mistakes at all, mm-hmm. if any. I mean, he, he just played a solid game. He wasn't overused. Obviously, Paul Maurice is going to rely on those veterans that you know who were still in the lineup. But you have to give a round of applause to Cam Schilling, Nelson Noje, getting thrust into action uh, right before uh, at, right before the game time. I mean, he we we talked to him after the game in uh, in Brooklyn and. He said that he didn't even partake in the in the line rushes in warm up. Just didn't want to get in the way. He didn't want to get in the way. So you know, but no, Noje is a, a great a great guy, and you know he uh, he obviously went in and did what he needed to do. And uh, Sammy Niku again, uh, I think it took a few games and self, and he admitted, you know, it took a few games for him to get comfortable and get acclimated. Obviously, he hadn't played in a while, so I mean, that's to me that's pretty standard. But uh, you know, by the end of his little tenure um, over the last little bit, he he was able to look not out of place out there so the depth that the uh, Manitoba Moose are providing the Winnipeg Jets uh, are is infinite um, you know you can't say enough about what they're doing down there another thing that I want to give credit to and we should talk about a little bit is <clears throat> how genuinely happy people like Josh Morrissey uh, Adam Lauer you know the, the veteran players in the Jets dressing room are for people like Nelson Noje when they have mm-hmm. a game like that don't aren't they Mitch oh for sure I mean it's number one I mean they come in and help you get wins so that's yeah. that's obviously a good thing but I mean these guys like Noje was drafted in, in 2014, Morrissey, Morrissey in 2013. I mean, all these guys were kind of drafted in and around each other, so they kind of went through the development camps mm-hmm. and training camps together. And, I mean, obviously they you develop a relationship with these guys. So, obviously, you know, when, when a guy gets called up and jumps into jumps into action in Noje's case and plays as well as Noje did, I mean, there were a number of plays in the Jets' defensive zone where he – just made some some really quality plays along the boards, A, for puck protection, and then B, to be able to quickly make that outlet pass to get the Jets kind of out of the pressure that the Islanders were putting on them. I mean, it's not easy to, to kind of just step in and do that, uh, and that's exactly what, what Nelson Noje did. And It's interesting because obviously it's a, it's a completely different level of competition, but I remember the mini camp prior to training camp, uh, 
Noje was there, and obviously he's coming off of a real difficult season last year, injury wise. But he looked amazing in that in that mini camp. Just the the plays that I was just talking about, the puck retrievals, which is so important for a defenseman in the National Hockey League. Just how quickly he was able to get out of pressure, make the pass, and just do it over and over and over again. Uh, obviously, your competition at the National Hockey League level is a little bit different than maybe in a, in a mini camp with some of the younger NHL guys on the on the Jets roster. But still, it's uh, it was impressive to see at that point of the year and then also in action against the Islanders. One of my favorite parts of that previous road trip and this week is the fact that Mason Appleton had made his NHL debut and does, did not look out of place. And, I, you know, I think a big reason for that is he's playing with Jack Roslovic, and it just seems like the, it, whatever success they had at the American Hockey League level with the Manitoba Moose has carried up to the uh, NHL level. What did you think of uh, Mason Appleton's uh, four, five, we're at four or five games now already in his NHL career, but the first start of his early NHL career. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, the first thing you notice, or at least I did when he went out for, you know, his first shift is he's, he's a big guy and he mm-hmm. skates too. He's, he's not passive at all. He kind of reminds me of Kyle Connor in the fact that he's very direct on pucks when he's going to retrieve them in the offensive zone. He sort of gets right in there, opens up space for everybody else. And I think, like you said, that chemistry between him and Jack Rosovic has really sort of Sean here. Um, obviously no, no goals yet, but picked up an assist in his first NHL game. Um, that's, that's great. And, you know, he's, he's done his job and, and embraced the role that Paul Maurice has given him. I mean, he was logging, obviously, top-line minutes in the American League, and now he's, you know, a fourth-line guy picking up around six, seven minutes a night. But he's understood that that's what I'm here to do, and it's up to me to work my way up the lineup and get opportunities. And, I mean, you look at the game against Philadelphia – you know, they got us some power play time. I mean, we were up yeah, six, exactly. seven, one, but yeah, that helps. you know that that's confidence. That's mm-hmm. that's a coach who's going, okay, th- these guys can play together, so let's give them an opportunity. So you got to be really happy with what Mason Appleton has done, and you know, if, if you're a Jets fan, you got to be excited about that because I, I believe what was he a sixth round pick? You weren't really quite yes. sure what he was going to turn into, mm-hmm. and so far it looks like a bit of a hit for them. So American Hockey League Rookie of the Year last season. Uh, one thing with Mason Appleton's from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, he did tell me his dad has season tickets to the Green Bay Packers through work, and he says if those tickets are used up, his girlfriend's parents have season tickets, so Mason nice. Appleton doesn't miss out on many Green Bay Packer games when he's uh, back uh, home at Green Bay, Wisconsin. One quick one. Uh, by the way, our special guest on uh, Episode 9 of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, is Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, we should mention, uh, when we spoke with Nikolai Ehlers, there was a few Jets players mingling around the dressing room, so uh, we apologize ahead of time for if you hear anything in the background and I was told through broadcasting school and through my early part of my career not to draw attention to things but I think it'd be silly if we didn't tell you guys our our listeners if you hear something some words in the background there was some tomfoolery going on yes yes as there always is yeah that's to be expected and maybe we should have waited a little bit longer but uh Nikolai dropped the bomb on us and said can we do this right now and, uh, so we go. He when, was ready to go. He yeah, wanted Nikolai to make his says, debut appearance. Yes. <laughs> so uh, one last one, guys. Uh, a, a challenging week, to say the least, ahead again for the Winnipeg Jets. They have two games this week against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they also have Nick Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers coming to town. You recall what happened last time. They're up mm-hmm. 4-1 in the third period, and then the Connor McDavid show kicked in. And you finish off the week Sunday against the NHL's best and I do mean best because no one's playing better than Tampa Bay Lightning right yeah. now. They're here at Bell MTS Place on Sunday. What are you guys looking for ahead? Mitch, start with you. I'll be interested to uh, to see the Edmonton Oilers now under under Ken Hitchcock if there's any noticeable difference. Mm. Uh, it seems like offensively maybe they're not putting up the same 
uh, offensive output as maybe they were earlier in the season. Obviously, a little bit more of a commitment to the defensive side of things. So I'd be interested to see that. And then, obviously, uh, anytime the Tampa Bay Lightning comes to town, it's uh, it's a really good game between two teams that can really skate and really put the puck in the net. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the one thing that I took away from the game against Edmonton the first time they were here was Connor McDavid, obviously, and just how you have to key in on him every single time he's on the ice. I mean, I've been to pretty much every Jets home game for the last two seasons, and there is no other player in the league that you have to keep an eye on more than Connor McDavid. Mm -hmm. So I'll be interested to see how they defend and how that sort of opens things up offensively for the Jets. Um, And then also with Tampa Bay, the one, like obviously their goaltending right now is a little bit up in the air with Vasilevsky out. Yeah, Louis Domingue's taking over. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and also is uh, Eddie Pasquale still there? I'm not sure. (laughs) Former uh, Jets... Alum, I suppose. I don't know if he ever... He never started a game Jets for organization yes. alum. Yes, he, yeah. he was here at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, and like Mitch said, two teams that are really fast and that can really skate, so it should be exciting. Who should mention Chicago, as much as of a train wreck they are right now, the last time Winnipeg played them, it was looked like they were going to cruise to a victory, and then it got really tight yeah. towards the end. They only won 6-5. to five. Uh, And then the second time this week that the Jets play Chicago, it's unique, because they'll play... Edmonton on Thursday, and then they'll board a plane and head to Chicago and play the Blackhawks on Friday night. That's where I see the challenge comes in, even though the Blackhawks are not playing their best hockey right now. But uh, that'll do it for the first segment of this coming up. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers from the Jets dressing room, their training facility at, at the uh, Bell MTS Iceplex. Watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Hellebuck. Rise. All Winnipeg Jets single game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. This is Kyle Connor. You listen to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Jets. Episode 9 of Ground Control. Please be joined by Nikolai Ehlers, forward from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, just... We went to Finland earlier this year for the Global Series. What would the Global Series look like in Denmark if it ever happened to go over there? Um, it'd be different. Um, the hockey in Denmark is not as big uh, as it is in, in Finland. Um, <clears throat> but the World Championships were there uh, this year. Um, and it was huge. Like It was the biggest sports event in Denmark ever. Um, and it was packed. Like people were coming from from everywhere to come see it. So um, I think it could be exciting. I'd love to do it, obviously, because I'm from Denmark. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it it would be one of those places where it would it would help a lot. Yeah. You know, Denmark's not very big on hockey, but getting two NHL teams to to Denmark would would definitely help. Your dad, Heinz, was named the national team head coach this past summer. How big and how important was that uh, to the family? Um, well, it was, it was huge, of course. It, he's talked about, you know, maybe trying to, to, to do that once. Um, and now he finally got a chance to, to, to get the job and, and get started. So um, he's super excited. The family's obviously uh, excited for him. Um, and for me, you know, I've said it many times, I hope I never get to play for him. <laughs> Because um, that means that we're getting far with the Jets, but um, obviously it could be fun too having my my dad as a coach doing a World Championships. But um, no, it's exciting. It's it's he's he's having a lot of fun, um, and there's definitely some some changes that have been made in the national team right now. 
What's the biggest change would you say, or can we get into that a little bit? Or do you mind um, divulging that? I, I, I think the, you know, on, on I think the last 10, 15 years, we've had uh, Swedish coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've only been with the national team twice. Um, but it's been more of a, of a simple kind of approach to, to the game and and a little more old school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the... Well, I know the way that my dad wants the, 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 his teams to, to play is is uh, is very modern. He can bring some new energy. Um, we got other coaches that that my dad has brought in that that can do that too. Um, so it's uh, it's not a complete rebuild, but there are some new uh, some new people in that that uh, want to change the, the game a little. Um, and I think that's exciting for, for us, and, and I know that the players are enjoying this. What do you think of, I know the NHL and the NHLPA have still have some things to work out here, but what do you think the Olympic Games and how important is it to, to get back if that opportunity presents itself? I think it's huge. You know, for, for I'm only 22 year old, year, mm-hmm. years old, um, but we, uh, we didn't make it last time. Um, but just having the the possibility of you know getting to the to the Olympics and and playing in them is for me a huge dream. It'd be a an accomplishment. Um, Denmark's never made the Olympics, so that that would be even bigger for for me and and for us. So um, I hope that it's gonna get changed because um, I'd want the possibility of of going at some point. You're a very humble person. Would you say that your success at the national hockey level is, has kids in Denmark wanting to play hockey, give that opportunity, and, and see that you've had success over here? Um, I've had role models, yeah. um, and now I am one. So um, I try to be a, a good role model um, and just keep playing the, the game the way I, I know to, how to. Um, yeah. What's your dad like as a coach to, towards with you, and how much of a role did he play? And I guess, I guess, what I was trying to get at is how much did he coach you growing up, and what what role did he play into the style of hockey player you are today? Um, he was never my actual coach, mm-hmm. um, but uh, was that intentional, or it just didn't work out that way? Um, <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit of both, but mm-hmm. um, he never had the opportunity really to to be my coach. Um, so he was playing at the time. He had his own team to coach and stuff like that. But um, other than that, you know, we uh, we used to, well, he used to drag me down um, to the to the rink and and uh, do workouts. And on a Sunday afternoon, he took me up and we started running on the 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 track. So um, you know, when you look back now, at that time, you probably didn't like him as as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but now looking back, I'm playing in the best league in, in the world. Yeah, um, it worked out. It worked out pretty well, so uh, he did a pretty good job. What was the thing that he did or tried to teach you that annoyed you the most when you were a kid? <sighs> I don't think there was really anything that, that, you know, what he tried to teach me that annoyed me. It was more... Uh, like, you know, in his eyes, I had to play a perfect game every single game because mm-hmm. I was the best player. Right. Um, 
and he he wanted me to be the best player every single day, every single practice and and game. Um, and if I wasn't, he uh, he wasn't happy. So that kind of showed me to just be the best every single every single day. You know, you know, you're not gonna play 82 perfect games, but um, try it. Was there any hesitation whatsoever from your family or yourself to come over to North America to play in the QMJHL? Um, at first, for sure. Um, it wasn't 100% in the cards, but um, the, year I, the, the year I decided to, to come over here was uh, the lockout year where I uh, played some games with Patrick Kane and Tyler Sagan. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a 16-year-old playing with those two guys, it's pretty huge. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I got talking with, with those two guys, and they kind of told me to, uh, to try and go over and, and see if I can play over here. Um, so after that, you know, when two big NHL stars like those two tell you something, you, you listen. Um, so I ran home, and I was like, hey, they to my parents and talk to them about it and talk to my agent about it and then it kind of just progressed from there um getting to Halifax was was amazing too it was everything yeah Yeah. like everything about it the organization the fans um my billets the city it's an amazing city by the way um it was incredible so I never had any problems um leaving my family at 17 years old wasn't fun Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything they did for me in Halifax definitely uh, it made me want to stay right away. So yeah. it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Who were your billets, and what did they do to kind of make it feel more more like home when you came over, even though it wasn't? Um, you know, they were just there for me. You know, they they didn't. It it, it became a, a second family for me because mm-hmm. I. Uh, uh, Came home from practice. I had dinner with the family. Uh, we'd do something. I'd go down, sleep. I'd get up. I went to school with, with the billet, uh, um, with the billet uh, daughters, um, and the billet son played hockey as well. So uh, it was just it was easy, mm-hmm. um, and and. They were great. It was amazing. I came in and I was part of the family right away. So um, there was nothing where I was not happy or, or wanted to go home. Seeing you around kids, you just you're a natural. Is that because you have a big family, or you just always been good? Uh, you've always been. I guess you are still a kid at heart in some ways, but uh, that that must play a role in it too. But you just, you just seem very natural with kids. I'm talking about hospital visits, ta- autographs, talking to kids. That you know beginning part of the year training camp so on and so forth um well the kids are fun you know they're when they're at the age where they're kind of shy and you know they 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 love you but they don't really want to say anything to you um but um if it was if it was no i remember me at that age and i went to every single one of my dad's games and you know, even though it's not the NHL, I used to to have my favorite players on his team. Even though it wasn't always him, um, yeah. I I I was the exact same way. You know, I wanted autographs, I wanted pictures, and and they did it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 100% doing that too. Yeah. Um, 
if they want a picture with me, I'm I'm there. And you know, they it makes their day. It made my day back then, and it makes their day now. So I don't see a reason why not. Even when you go on the road and so on and so forth, you know, outside of the hotels, there's always autograph seekers. You're you're usually one of the first ones in line to to, to do that. Do you feel the same way for adults as you do with kids when it comes to autographs? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's a little different, uh, but it's the same. You know, I, I think they have a passion for hockey, uh, and and you know they stand there. Even though it's it's freezing cold outside, um, and they they want me to sign a, a hockey card, mm-hmm. um, just shows that they're passionate. Um, and yeah, what's Christmas like at the Ehlers household in, in Denmark? Oh. What's the tradition like? I haven't been home for Christmas yeah. in four years, right. but uh, if we were there, what would it look like? A lot of family uh, dancing around the Christmas tree, singing Christmas songs, yeah. um, eating a great meal, having playing some games, um, opening Christmas gifts after dinner on the twenty fourth, uh, and then it's uh, yeah, kind of the twenty fifth, the twenty sixth. We we just play a, a bunch of games, and the whole family is. Having some fun together, and uh, it's, it's it used to be the the best time. Mm-hmm. Um, you must miss it a little bit, right? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, me and my I have a cousin that plays down in San Jose for uh, San Jose's AHL team, um, and uh, his his family and my family were uh, were celebrating Christmas together last year or two years ago, and uh, we were sitting um, at home. I was here in Winnipeg. I think it's two years ago now. Yeah. I was here in Winnipeg, and my cousin was in San Jose, and we were FaceTiming our families yeah. while they were dancing around the Christmas tree. Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you miss it. Um, but, you know, I've learned how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, it can't be easy, though, right? Because you're still, again, I reference this quite a bit. You're a young guy, and... You, you obviously have a good connection with your family, so you must miss it often. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, during holidays, you obviously miss your family even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've spent Christmas in Chicago with my family. That's cool. My dad came over last year. He might come over again this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're always trying to make something happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish I could go home, yeah. but it's just not possible, so... I appreciate that my family uh, tries to make something happen that they can come over and, and see me. Mm. Um, but if not, you know, I hang out with the guys here that have room for me and, and get a good little Christmas dinner in. What's the best meal? Who's cooked the best meals since you've been here at Christmas time? Or have there been too many to mention? Uh, no, I, I, have, I honestly haven't been to many Christmas dinners here yet. Yeah. Um, Who's the best cook on this team? On this team, um, no, I just told Lowry this the other day. He made this sweet potato, ma- like sweet mashed potato with like some, I don't know if it was brown sugar or yeah. something. Like it was, and that's like four years ago. Yeah. Um, Has he made it since? No, I haven't had it since, and I told him that I want him to make it for me soon, <laughs> and he was going to. So uh, I hope he can do that. 
Last year you started in the Jets uh, Christmas video. What was the response from your teammates and then just from Jets fans that have, that have talked to you about, if they have indeed talked to you about it? Because I'm sure you've got some ribbing about it. From your teammates. Uh, yeah, the teammates were... Uh, the teammates and the fans' reaction were definitely different. <laughs> uh, not going to lie. Um, was there immediate regret after you did it? No, 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 not really. I thought I did a great job acting and all that. But the next morning, coming to practice, uh, it was a a tough morning. Um, Not going to lie, again. Um, But, no, it was was fun. Um, Well, the fans loved it. So, seriously, we appreciate you doing it for us. And uh, you took a lot of time out of your day to do so, and you you were tremendous. Make sure you save the video. You'll never see something like that again. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. No surprise. Great stuff from Nikolai Ehlers. I especially appreciated his honesty about how much he misses uh, being at home uh, during the holidays. And he was nice enough to share what uh, Christmas at the Ehlers house would be like or is like uh, in December, clearly, uh, for Christmas. And then also I really appreciated how honest he was about the decision to come play in North America mm-hmm. from Denmark. And, of course, his father, Heinz, is the uh, head coach of the Danish national team. And I think, like many players and fans, for that matter, I don't, I don't want to speak for you guys. Uh, we all, we'd all love to see the NHL return to the Olympics, whether or not that's going to come be coming in the forefront. But you can certainly tell the way Nikolai was talking about it that mm-hmm. he would love, even though Denmark has never qualified for the Olympics. Yeah, it's always something to shoot for, though, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you, you talk about the development of, of Danish hockey. I mean, Ehlers was part of that uh, that team at the World Junior level that won their first game ever yeah. uh, in the round robin there. So, I mean, and I remember watching that game and. Uh, Ehlers was obviously still a prospect and just the uh, amount of elation that there was when they won that game again you can just imagine if they uh, if they ever qualified for the Olympics yeah absolutely uh, I, I have nothing to add there. <laughs> <laughs> I, Tyler wants was, to go to the Olympics my, well my head was somewhere else I was One, thinking about how I watched the movie Miracle last night <laughs> and, I, and I caught it at the again scene yeah, oh, I, nice. yeah I got nothing so. I can see why you're a little bit stymied at this moment uh, <laughs> you know we also have some uh, housekeeping to take care of. of uh, we've got to hand out 50 Jets reward points, so go to jetsrewards.ca. Type in the magical word known as Shifley, and good luck spelling it. And I thank my uh, my phone every time for uh, correcting me or giving me the automatic spelling of Shifley. Because... Feel free to head to winnipegjets.com <laughs> to find the spelling of that. Yes. And if you do know how to spell it, uh, good for you. If it's on the back of your one of your jerseys you have at the house or one of your T-shirts, congratulations. Yes. That will help you out. Uh, so 50 Jets reward points on the line right now. Jetswards.ca to get your points and type in the word Shifley. Um, lots of things to think about as we go forward here. Um, I like where this team is headed right now. Um even through that road trip, and I, I saw some power rankings saying the Jets didn't blow out their opponents when they went on that New York road trip. That doesn't make sense to me. I found, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's <laughs> that's the analytic world well, sometimes where they're just looking at the numbers and how results are happening. They're not seeing what truly happened in those games, which was the Jets winning different three different ways. Well, and ultimately, I, like you said, like the game is played on the ice. Obviously, like I, I'm. I'm big into like the the analytics side of things, but at the same time, there's a a lot of 
analytics folks will say, you know, there's luck. There's very hockey's a very random game. So any any matchup, any night. I mean, we talked about the Chicago Blackhawks coming into town. Anything can happen mm. that night in one particular game. Um, so yeah, of course, like any any time that you're that you're playing. I mean, New Jersey is a very dangerous team, mm-hmm. and would the Jets like to have kept that at three one and not had to go through overtime? Probably. Yeah, they would have liked to get ahead of the Rangers and coast, yes. if you will, the rest of the way. But that's just not how the game went. Mm-hmm. Henrik Lundqvist played unbelievably. Yes, and then you know the but I think the team kind of showed a lot of resolve in that to not change how they were playing just because you know things maybe didn't go exactly how they would have wanted offensively in terms of the puck going in Mm -hmm. they were able to kind of stick to it they got their chances and eventually the pucks did go in uh i felt it was it was kind of similar you know they they did a lot of good things against the blues didn't get the result but they didn't necessarily change their game against the Flyers. Paul no. Maurice has kind of said they got back to skating, and that's the foundation of their game. Yeah, one thing I've learned from Paul Maurice uh, in the short time I've been covering this hockey team is uh, anytime there's a lot of block shots against the Jets, it's because he feels they're not skating enough to get those those looks. So right. mm-hmm. um, a golden opportunity for the Jets this week too, guys, because uh, as a lot of people know that have been following this team and the Central Division, Nashville is really banged up right now. They have a lot of... Key mm-hmm. players out of the lineup: Philip Forsberg, PJ or PK Supan, Supan, uh, Subban, and the Jets. Currently, as we record this podcast, one point out of first place behind both Colorado and Nashville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, obviously, like you said, Nashville's pretty banged up right now. We don't play them, I believe, until January. But yeah, uh, in, in their place, so um, lots of time now between now and then to uh, maybe get some ground on them. Hopefully. Well, that'll do it for uh, episode nine of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Always a pleasure to record this. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. 